You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Because so much of this stuff is obvious, but you never notice it. It's like what goes on in your head. People have conversations with themselves all the time, but because it's so omnipresent, they don't even notice that they're there because they're, it's always there. It's like white noise. Conversations inside your head are, are, are frequent. So the whole part of my program is to get people very aware, to tune into that channel so you can hear that voice talking to yourself. That was Dr. Lloyd Glauberman. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, I sync up with accomplished clinical psychologist and inventor, Dr. Lloyd Glauberman to talk about his new app, the LQ app, which stands for Life Intelligence. LQ is a learned pathway towards balance, healthy living, and measures how successful you are in managing the three fundamental elements of living, eating, sleeping, and exercising. Through three-minute daily focus audio tracks delivered five days a week, each track supports steady progress towards balanced, healthy living. The LQ app gives listeners the ability to maximize their quality of life by reprogramming personal habits, enhancing sensory awareness, and building a transformative body of knowledge around the conversations we have with ourselves. It guides listeners towards accomplishing meaningful changes in their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and is available in the App Store on Apple. Also, they're offering a one-month free trial to all new users perfect for my fit curious listeners. Before we dive in, shout out to our sponsors at Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the move or use our code cheers Marnie. Also shout out to our sponsors at Revitin Toothpaste. Revitin is my go-to when it comes to toothpaste and oral health. I have been using it for years. Revitin is a prebiotic toothpaste that is an all natural vitamin and mineral rich formulation that gently cleanses whitens teeth and freshens breath while helping to restore gums and reduce harmful plaque. It's free of SLS, synthetic detergents, or additives and contains no harsh chemicals, fluoride, artificial colors, sweeteners, or dyes. Created by biologic dentist Dr. Jerry Curatola years ago when he recognized the need for a new and effective oral care product that could support sustainable health within the mouth. 
Revitin fosters a balanced oral environment with beneficial microorganisms that optimize nutrient absorption and act as the body's first line of defense. The oral microbiome is the gateway to optimal full body health. So make sure you take care of it with a great toothpaste that does not have fluoride or harmful chemicals. Get started now with Revitin Prebiotic Toothpaste. Use our code MARNIE15 at Revitin.com to jumpstart your health. That's M-A-R-N-I-1515 at Revitin, R-E-V-I-T-I-N.com. Now on to my conversation with Dr. Lloyd Glauberman. Welcome. It's nice to meet you. Same. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm flattered that uh, you're having me on the show. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank of you. course. I know Johnny is an old friend. And I think what you're doing is really cool, especially like you've been practicing in New York for 25 years. Long, actually longer. Longer. The 20, 25. No, the, the audio material concept has been around for 25 years. I've been practicing since 1980, 1982. I'm an old, I'm an old guy. You've been, you've been here practicing in New York City since 1982 as a clinical psychologist. Correct. Wow. Correct. That's it's a long time. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and working in New York, I mean, the characters here are just so amazing and cool. That's my I PR can't live anywhere else. Yeah, I couldn't either. That's amazing. And so how have you seen like ebbs and flows in like on the scene of like mental health and wellness over the past few decades? Incremental, in, little, little, little by little things, but not in a way that somehow, well, New York is a unique place because it's a sophisticated place. So you're going to have a, a certain percentage of the population who are going to be smart. Right. You know, yeah. Lifestyle, intelligence, smart. Yeah. But when you, when you factor in the entire country, you're looking at something that is a uh, physiological disaster and it's, and it's getting worse. Yeah. And the things people don't keep in mind is that this is going to cost a lot of money to treat people and yeah. insurance costs are going to go skyrocketing because we're getting to the point where half the country is going to be obese in 20, by 2030. Yeah. Well, I mean, that <laughs> is a huge problem. Just like mental health. I feel like I think that people have a much more hyper sense of awareness of both their mental health and their physical health. But again, like I'm in New York City. So here, that's what I see. But you know, and people I talk to around the world, they're all in the space of being healthy. So, you know, when you read the newspapers, when you see what's happening around the world, it's kind of, it's alarming and eye-opening. To, to see, you mean, in yeah. general, Yeah, in lifestyle. general, to see, like, you know, we live in a bubble in New York. That's, you know, and we're lucky to be in this bubble. But I think, yeah, just everybody around the world is like, really focusing now on their health, mentally and physically. Well, mentally, because we're all, I would assume, terrified of the realities that we are now. When when the earth is in play, we know we're in trouble. Yeah. Right? I'm mean, now yeah, we're getting to the point where the, I mean, that that's, that is not comprehensible. Yeah. Well, that's what's really great about your app, the LQ app, right? Because it's accessible to people across the nation. And around yeah. the globe, pretty much, they can kind of get into their health, their, you know, mental health. Tell me a little bit about your new digital self-help platform. Well, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's structured to provide useful information, mm -hmm. but it's done in a way that hopefully will pay respect 
to certain principles of psychology, right. which is reinforcement, right? Is like frequency of contact with something. Because most of the time when people come into contact with a useful bit of information, right. it gets their attention, but like a, like a light bulb going on and off. It's right. gone in a short right. period of time. I remember what, what got me most interested in, in, in doing this, working through all the things I had to do in order to get it to a place where I could I begin to pitch it, was um, a bit of information about sleep, okay? Yeah. Because it was like, okay, we have all this information out there, yet things are getting worse. How is it? In fact, it's impossible not to get, have this information in front of you because no matter where you go, yeah. there's always a story about food or sleeping or exercise, right? right? So you would think that by virtual volume, you'd get a lot of people getting healthier and healthier. Obviously, that hasn't been the case. But there was one piece of information that came across that I said, this will be the piece that goes viral, okay? Yeah. And it's about sleep and what happens inside the brain. As it turns out, while we're sleeping, the channels, channels inside the brain are created by neurons right. coming apart, right? So cerebrospinal fluid pours into the brain, and then the brain goes into dishwasher mode, right? right? I'm mm -hmm. thinking, oh my. So the brain cleans itself every night. In other words, this is a time the brain takes out the garbage, right? okay? And I'm thinking, so what happens? I mean, immediately, you, you'd have to be a complete moron not to go, oh my goodness, that's the beginnings of Alzheimer's. That's the beginnings of dementia. Cognitive decline starts early as all of this waste product builds up. Because if you don't get rid of it, it stays in your head, right? right? I and mean, you don't want that in your head. So I thought, this is it. This is the piece of information that will do it. What, Did it happen? No. What part Didn't of the sleep cycle is your brain doing that? Is it like in the right? I, 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 I forget. No, no. I, I would think it would not be that. I would think it would be some other part. But I didn't know which, at what point in the cycle yeah. this happened. But it, it clearly happens. And so if you don't do that, cumulatively speaking, it's like never changing the oil in your car. The thing's going to break down after a while. Right. And this is, your, this is your brain we're talking about, folks. So I thought, okay, this is it. This is the piece that puts all of this on the map and people will begin to start thinking appropriately about how to take care of themselves. Never happened. I asked people in my office, did you ever hear about this piece of information? Maybe one out of every 10 people. Maybe wow. one out of every 10. Wow. No. What I'm trying to do is provide all of that information in incremental pieces. Okay. You can listen as many times as you want because it'll be like one piece per day mm -hmm. for two and a half to three minutes where okay. this is all about sensation, information, motivation. Okay. That's the triad of things that I'm working with here. The particular categories we're dealing with sleeping yeah eating and moving okay I, I i changed it from exercising to moving because the information that's out there suggests that even innocuous movement is essential to brain health which that surprised the hell out of me when i saw that new brain cells are actually created as a consequence of everyday movement like yeah. going to the grocery store right which something people would never have thought about but right. we were meant to be in motion, period. That's that's what we're finding out. Well, you watch infants on the floor. 
they don't just flop around. They don't just sit no, they're there. Moving. They're always they always are in motion. The whole idea is to take their experience and use it as a model for what we should be doing. Right? Yeah. Paying close attention to sensory information. I also think you That's, know sometimes people might, you know, people there's some people that might feel like exercise is a word that means that they're going to be doing like 30 minutes at the gym or, you know, a lot of people started walking during the pandemic and a lot of people who are older that don't normally exercise in their minds, they were, they were also like feeling overwhelmed by the idea of exercise, but just the idea of movement of going to get the mail of going to the store, like that is awesome. And that is also exercise. I think a lot of people started doing that during the pandemic. I would, would, would certainly hope so simply because of, <laughs> Because they're stuck in the house. Get out of the house. Walk around. You know, do a couple of miles. You don't have to do a lot. And it doesn't have to be overly intense. The, the key words to, to all of this is you have to do just enough. But you've got to be consistent with the just enough. And you can't, and you can't, you can't run scams on yourself. The yeah. minute, and that's part of the program. has yeah. to do with noticing the stories you tell yourself. Noticing how you jiggle the data to yeah. make everything sound just right. No, I'm sorry. I'm not letting you, I'm not letting you off the hook. Yeah, no. I love of, that. Because if you say the word tomorrow in your head, well, no, no, sorry, no good. Disqualification. So right? how does the that app does, work? Like how do, so people sign up. It's called the LQ app, which we mentioned, right? right. So Lifestyle Intelligence LQ. LQ. Got yeah. it. Okay. Me, yeah. Obviously, the LQ is a riff on the IQ, EQ, now LQ. Which right. we can talk about yeah, a little bit because it's that. important. To, yeah. 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 So um, you go to uh, the Apple Store yeah. and there'll be a, the, or, the, or, or the, the website, lifestyleintelligencelq.com. It'll show up. There'll be a video with me briefly explaining everything to you, kind of like right. what they're listening to now. Yeah. And then if you're interested, you can connect to the store and you can get a free month. By, okay. And therefore, you can test drive this thing. If you like it, that's fine. If not, I understand. Uh, I think it's useful. But then again, what, what else would you expect me to say this moment in time? It's my product, but I, I really like it. So I really it, do. it keeps you accountable. Here's what I try to do. When you're listening to me, I want you to think that you and I are talking, that you're the only person I'm talking to, which, by the way, at that moment in time is actually true because I'm only talking to a single person when I'm recording something. I'm imagining I'm talking directly to you, right? And it's all set up to, over time, hopefully you'll begin to realize that what I'm saying has some credibility, right. some validity, some utility. And as a consequence, you're able to make some changes. It, there's, there's a lot going on, but the whole idea is not simply eating, sleeping, and moving. This is about your personal evolution. This is an evolutionary kind of thing. Because if you get lifestyle intelligence in place, then you have the foundation to be able to deal with the other areas of your life, the other intelligences. Right. Emotional intelligence is built on your ability to manage your emotional life, social life, right? right. All of those kinds of things. If you're sleep deprived, good luck with that. Yeah. It ain't happening. All of those things that are important for emotional intelligence are dependent on your self-care. If they're not there, emotional intelligence is compromised across the board. And by the way, have you ever been sleep deprived and tries to think clearly? That ain't happening either. No, 
You can't. Okay, this is the this is the foundation. This is what you were born Sometimes with. Sometimes I wonder sleep. like how I how I function. Like I used to only need five hours sleep. Like maybe that was like ten years ago. I mean, I sleep now like seven eight hours a night. But you know, but like there was a time where I didn't sleep when it was cool to not need sleep. <laughs> seven eight suggests that you probably sleep seven and a half hours most nights. Yeah. As do I. Yeah. That people tend to and, and so. Some of the kind of stuff that people hear in what they should do, like eating, how much should people eat? And you'll hear things like 2,000 to 3,000 calories. Well, that's a, that's a thousand calories difference, right? Oh, yeah. two or 3,000 calories. Oh, what's the difference? I heard two or three. Never give people an opportunity yeah. to disrupt themselves by taking a piece of, 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 of information and utilizing it in ways that it was never meant to be used. Well, yeah. the guy said two to 3,000 calories, so I ate 3,000 calories, but I, ate, I gained four pounds this month. Yeah. yeah, because you're 150 pounds and you shouldn't have more than 1,500 net calories a day, 10 calories per pound. Well, that's a that's totally it. different conversation, right? Because, I mean, yeah. when you talk about calories, it's, it depends on what you're doing. It depends on how many hours you're working Correct. out. Like all those things. Absol is it, absolutely. And it is, I, but I think sleep is one of those things that I don't know if there's like a, a number based on any other information outside of like the fact that sleep is really good for you and your body needs to recover at night and your mind and your brain. Somebody must ask me, how do, how do I know if I'm sleep deprived? Okay. So the simplest answer to that is, do you need an alarm clock to wake up in the morning? Yeah. You're sleep deprived. You're sleep -deprived. It's just yeah. a question of how much, right? That's it. That's all you need to know. It doesn't get more complex than sort that. Of like right? Point to think about. Yeah. I don't think I've set an alarm if, if in ages. I, 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 me too. Yeah. De decades. I mean, I, no, no. But I have a couple two of dogs. days. I had to get to a, yeah. had to catch a plane. Okay. So yeah, that's four, the only four time. in the morning. That, yeah. That's the only time. Right. Yeah. Totally. So, so let's talk, since we're talking about like LQ and we're talking about the uh, app. You know, you mentioned EQ and emotional intelligence. Well, to, to my mind, if you just think about foundational things, the things that allow you to have more access to the best parts of yourself, if you take care of yourself, if your LQ elements are in place, if you do enough exercise, get enough sleep and get the proper nutrition, you have access to yourself at your best. People always say if they're good night's sleep, well, you know, I feel, I feel really good, right? If you then add quality food, avoid, avoid the, I mean, in the app, I say to, to people, I frequently get asked, what, what kind of uh, diet should I go on? What kind of food should I eat? And I said, quite frankly, you already know what you should be eating. Yeah. Primarily vegetarian diet. If you eat meat, eat little bits of it. Fruits and vegetables should be the core. You don't have to know anything more than that. That's yeah, it. I'm not telling anybody anything. That's, that's it. That's yeah. it. And when you're, when you're not hungry anymore, the whole idea, pay attention to sensation. This is all about rekindling the sensory experience you were born with. Little kids, infants, they're born with a sensory language, right? They know when to eat, they know when to sleep, and they obviously know when they're full, and they know when to move. Right. If you try to overfeed an infant, they will push the bottle away, right? right. Do they ever right. not sleep when they're, all of that, that's wired in. Then, over time, Due to the wonderful influences of family and culture, all of that critically important language that they were born with somehow gets lost literally in the source. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> right. The most powerful environment 
that anybody's ever been exposed to is the dining room table at dinner time every night. Because during that period of time, you're exposed to every pattern that you're ever going to utilize, whether and it's going to be either good or bad. You're going to learn how to eat either properly or improperly, and you're going to learn either appropriate, interactive, emotional responses while you're watching parents interact with your brothers and sisters and you. And most of that flies below consciousness, flies below awareness, right? People say, oh, oh yeah, when, how did you, how, you know, I mean, I grew up with, you finish what's on your plate because kids right. are starving in Africa, Yeah. right? Well, that didn't make any sense to me, but I, it must be right, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, mean I, I was never allowed to eat food anywhere else, but at the table. And let's just, <laughs> let's just say that that I now understand because I also clean the apartment and the couch is disgusting. <laughs> let's just say that now I know why my mother made us eat at the table and we don't have any rules. It's all good. <laughs> Pandemic. <laughs> Pandemic. We used to eat at the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing you find out is if you break the rules, there's, there can be a, a price to pay. Not here. Don't, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, in, in my, yes. when, when, when my dad died and uh, my wife and I would go to visit my mom, uh, this was after I made the lifestyle changes that I needed to be, to be made and I, I needed to make them. Yeah. Right. And I figured out how to do it long before any of this was in my head. I, I had, I, I had some, some difficult moments when it came to self-care that well, I figured out. Sometimes, you know, the cobblers don't always have the shoes. I think that's, you know, a lot of doctors don't, you know, as much as they're helping other people be healthy, they are not always the healthiest. But I feel like now that's that has changed a lot in the last few years. But Well, I, I grew up in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So during that time, all the information we have now wasn't there. Yeah. So, you know, I ate meat, meat three times a day. I mean, that's that's yeah. how ridiculous my stuff. I'm surprised I'm still alive. Right. <laughs> but 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 going back to visiting my mom and obviously she used to cook back then and she took great pride in meals. So, so she said, oh, can I can I make you? And she outlined this meal. And I said, I don't I don't eat that anymore. She says, what? You don't eat it anymore? I said, yeah, I do a primarily vegetarian thing. So my mom got angry because I took away something that for her was a critical piece of her identity. Yep. As the chef, the cook, the mother who took care of her child. I had taken that away from her. I think that happens That's... to a lot of people that try to go and eat healthy or change their diet, especially like if they go gluten-free or dairy-free. You know, people take it personally that you're eating around, that, you know, it's an insult to them. But I came across an interesting statistic, and that is if your friends have serious weight problems, if they're obese, your close friends, the probability that you too will become obese, mm. 57%. Wow. 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 So Think if about all that. your friends are athletes and they have like serious muscles, is that equally contagious? Most, most, that, nobody's done that, That's but more probably, most probably you're going to be impacted because your social environment impacts who you are. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping that some of it rubs off on me. Yeah, in terms of being getting, you know, more muscular. I've been hanging out with a lot of other triathletes lately. It's really it's really true though. Like seriously though, it's like you learn by example and you surround yourself with people and you know, you get into the habit of doing what 
they're doing too. I mean, you can equally influence them, but usually. You look, you look like you're obviously very physically fit. So how much, how much muscle do you, (laughs) (laughs) muscles, muscles, muscle doesn't come on easy. No, especially when you're over like 40, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it starts well to aware decline. That. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but I think, you know, I think that it's, it's interesting that you brought that up. I think that, you know, a lot of my listeners are very athletic and I think that I've had people come to me and, you know, just the whole concept of like your social environment and the people around you being affected by your nutrition and your diet and vice versa And I think it's, it's still a topic, like even though everybody, you know, gluten-free is mainstream or dairy-free is mainstream and a lot of people have health issues or have changed their diets, there's still people that struggle with implementing that within their family. Well, especially when they're around their family a lot, but there's also the, the food as drug kind of thing. And we all, we all know that and evenings are the the period of time where that's, um, that's, that's the, that's the hot spot of people's difficulties is, is evenings. During the pandemic, did you see that there was an increase in people needing help with these types of issues or? This was a whole category of problems that were completely unexpected unless you had some knowledge of knowing what it means to suddenly be in an environment you're not typically in, both psychologically and physically, because our reality is so woven into the fabric of who we are that we don't know it's a social construct yeah. open to change, but we don't view it as something changeable. We, right. It's our reality. We get up in the morning, we go to work, we come back, we process the day with whoever it is in the house. Right. But if you're in the house with them all day long, that's a totally different psychological environment than at any other time. And, and people get edgy, people get angry, people get anxious yeah. But the anxieties in the background ends up being turns into conflict because human beings have two emotions that when you have them, they tend to they tend to end up as anger, and that's guilt and anxiety. Okay. And anxiety is more frequent. And anxiety is more frequent. Did you- so you suddenly had people. Oh yeah, I've tons of people telling me stories about the amount of conflict that they've had, and consequently they're in the house. So when you're dealing with stuff, what do you end up doing to try to deal with that? You eat. Yeah, right? yeah. It's refrigerator time. Yeah. And so you had that fifth meal or whatever. And yeah, everybody was always talking about, well, I gained 10 pounds this month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about like in terms of, you know, practicing in New York City and seeing patients where you, did you immediately pivot to digital? I mean, I, I feel like in the world of, you know, psychology and therapy and, and one-on-one sessions, like over the years, people have called in their sessions here and there, but I feel like it, during the pandemic, it was like full time. Yeah, know. mostly. Mostly. Even now. Yeah, even now. I've, I, I, I have maybe eight to 10 people that come to the office, yeah. but everybody else is virtual. Now, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, when people get used to virtual appointments, all of a sudden, it's just that 45 minute time frame. Right. It's not to and from. Right. And it's it's not cost to get there. Right. Right. It's so instead of 45 minutes, it's an hour, it's it's an hour and a half right. or more. So it's easy to get addicted to distance when it frees up some other time. And is it as useful? Most of the time, yes. But there's something about presence that offers that extra dimension. Right. of um, right. understanding and influence. So right. every so often it's, it's a good thing, but 
the fact that insurance companies allow this to happen and it looks like it's built into the fabric that that's that's a good thing yeah because now you can have clients like around the world that could you know wherever yes. people live could call in and work with you which i mean for me it was a great opportunity i d i definitely believe that being in person like there's an energy right of like just minus the screens that's totally different than being on screen but i have to say that you know i would never be like traveling to europe every week to interview people so that was really awesome um sure yeah sure. but i think and i think you know i feel like was when did you launch the lq app uh the middle of the year middle of, the, of this, this year, year. Was yeah it yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah inspired by just this whole movement towards virtual and digital or no no no, no. It, was totally a, it was a separate thing altogether it didn't, didn't have anything to do with one another okay uh, I mean, this the, the idea came to me a long time the idea of the concept came to me years ago okay and i and i wrote a piece and i wrote a piece for the huffington post called lifestyle intelligence making oh making the obvious obvious lifestyle intelligence okay. out here cool. because so much of this stuff is obvious but you never notice it it's like what goes on in your head mm -hmm. people have conversations with themselves all the time but because it's so omnipresent they don't even notice that they're there because they're it's always there it's like white noise conversations inside your head are are, are frequent okay. so the whole part of my program is to get people very aware to tune into that channel so you can hear that voice talking to yourself, okay. right? Because all, yeah. and once you do, once you finally hook in, you can go, oh, I'm doing that again, right? Mm -hmm. And then, then you, you need to figure out that strategy. So talking yourself out, there are so many yes, no moments during the course of people's day and lives that are critical. When to say yes, when to say no to other people about certain kinds of things or to yourself about what should I do now? Should I do this? Or should I do this? With food, it's there all the time, right? And, and variations on that theme are woven into the fabric of lifestyle intelligence. Teaching people how to be in touch with those moments where yes, no is, is, the, is happening. All right, I'm in a yes, no moment. What am I going to do? Okay, they're critical. Once you can grasp how often they occur and systematically most of the time, make the right choices, you're okay. Most of the time, it's about most of the time because you're not going to be perfect. If you think you're going to be perfect, if you think, if you're after that, like starting a new year's resolution, I'm going to do, I'm going to be on this diet and I'm going to, th this is it. This is, and of course you fail flat. And then there's no backup to say, wait a minute, every so often falling off the horse is okay. Right. It's getting back onto the horse. That's important. And if you can understand that rhythm, mm -hmm. then you can understand the whole, there's a statistical concept called regression to the mean, where everything tends to drift back to their average. We all have an average, right? The whole idea is to create a new average. So if you were typically working out one day a week or two days a week, and you got your average up to three to four days a week, you have a new mean a new average, right? Now, every so often you might fall back a little bit, but the whole idea is to sustain your new mean. Right. That's what this program is all about. It's not about massive changes all, all at once. No, it's about systematic, incremental, 
I'm finally getting this together kinds of changes. And I'm there and I'm talking to you three, four, five, up to seven days a week for three minutes. So I'm there talking about all the different bits and pieces of these things that hang together. So I'm coming at it from every angle. So you can't get away from me after a while because I'm just going to be there and we're going to be talking about this. And afterwards, enough time has passed where hopefully my voice becomes your voice and you hear these thoughts coming from inside your head with your intonation. That's that's what this is all about. How does it work? There, there. It's typically you. It's typically you can you can listen up to the seven times a week. I'm, I'm not sure if most people are going to do that. My guess yeah. is three or four times a week, and they cross all the categories of eating, sleeping, moving, self-esteem, self-concept, your personal evolution, the crossovers with emotional intelligence and intellect. Every different aspect okay. of this is covered. In multiple ways. I keep on coming at the same idea from a different angle. Because if you say the same thing in the same way, people are going to tune out. But if you say the same thing in different ways, hey, do you remember when we talked about this? Well, here's another way, another situation where this is going to be happening and you're going to have to deal with it. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, eating, sleeping, and moving has, it's contained, obviously, yeah. but you can go at it in a multitude of different ways. And are that's there, that's what I do. And are there different levels? One stop shop, one okay. size fits all, because the issue is always the same. And this is one thing we all have. These things are common. Yeah. We're all the same when it comes to this stuff. And I mean, this isn't your first innovation. I mean, you know, you're known for pioneering the multi-track audio technology and developing the technique of, of hypno-peripheral processing, HPP, which tell me about this. The, the, the likelihood is what I'm about to say, nobody has heard before. All right. This is an unusual series of audio products that I developed back in the first batch, late 80s, but mostly into the 90s and then mm -hmm. into 2000. It's built on the idea that the one thing that we all love above and beyond everything else is stories. Yes. And in, yes. A, in a very literal sense, our identity is our story. So we are always enjoying listening to stories. Hence, I'm using stories in this fabric, okay? The idea, the original idea for using metaphors and stories came from a brilliant psychiatrist, hypnotist, Milton Erickson, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. He used to tell people stories okay. and um, metaphors. And there was always a person with a problem and then a set of circumstances and built into the metaphor was a solution to whatever the problem was. And... Uh, Nobody ever did it better than him. And, and I had read a little bit about him and saw some workshops and all that kind of stuff. So I said to myself, oh, one of the things that came out of his work was an hypnotic induction called the dual hypnotic induction, where two hypnotists work simultaneously with the same person, both talking at the same time. Obviously, that can only be done in a workshop format. So I heard about this when I was in a workshop and I saw it done. I said, wow, what a great idea. Maybe I can figure out a way to do this on, at this time, this was audio cassette though, right. because it was early. I know. I saw right. like the multi-track audio technology. Right. Like so uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I went home and I figured, what, how am I going to do this? So I decided, okay, let me try fairy tales. All right. Mm -hmm. So I started doing it and I started recording them. And the first batch 
eh. <laughs> I didn't like them. Okay. So I had a choice. I said, okay, because I had never been in a recording studio before and I was a little bit nervous. So, so that little bit of nervousness was picked up. I could feel it. Maybe other people wouldn't be able to feel it, but I could sense I had not reached that comfort level. Right. So I junked those and I and I came up with another batch. And I, these are this like Walt Disney meets whatever kind yeah. of fairy tale stuff. And then there was a moment when something accidentally happened in a recording when I was reviewing something that told me exactly what I needed to do to structure the suggestions into the fabric of this in the best way possible. And from that moment on, things exploded in my head. So now I knew how to do this and I knew this had never been done before. Now, now it took me a while to figure out how to actually write these things, but okay. eventually I figured it out. And you're listening to adult fairy tales, two of them told at the same time, everything structured very, very slowly. The whole idea is to pleasantly overload your conscious mind so that the fatigue allows you to drift away. When you float away, you don't go to sleep unless you're really sleep deprived. Right. You usually end up in the hypnagogic state between waking and sleep. Okay. It has its own, its own brain waves, theta waves. Yeah. yeah. And then I began testing them out and experimenting them and had some people do some research. And it turned out that, that they were very useful. But more importantly, they were entertaining. So people enjoyed the process of listening. Right. Because here you had right. basset hounds with flying basset hounds in a story and people walking into holograms in a museum so that you were now part of the, the hologram and the virtual reality kind of setting. Yeah. The whole idea was to entertain while allowing people to experience the possibilities for change. Got a lot of publicity. They did well. And so these programs are now part of this app. They are the secondary part in the sense of they're not the headline. That's not what you're going to get the day in and day out. But you have access to the complete library of these programs, okay. which self-esteem, stress management, healing, improving performance, breaking through creative blocks, confident public speaking, weight loss. All these kinds of things are in the app that you could listen to as often or as many times as you would like to. They complement the daily focus tracks perfectly. Because if you look at this as a spectrum of consciousness, right. the daily focus tracks, I'm talking to you and I want you listening carefully because what you're listening to is really important. The other part, the peripheral processing audio programs, nope, I don't want you there. I want the part of you that knows how to process information outside of awareness to take control and have you not only be able to learn some stuff that they can have pop up in the flow of your life, yeah. but those programs really relax you profoundly. I mean, seriously, serious relaxation. And so the combination of the two offer people a way of changing important aspects of their life, including managing their stress. 
so you got your degree. You how did you get into being right. an entrepreneur and being in this whole world of like innovating new product? Well, that that's a that's a really interesting question because the one thing that I've noticed is the person who I am now is very different than the person that I was when I was younger. So if somebody would have said to me, you're going to be able to do these kinds of things, come up with these ideas, I would have been terrible. I would have been terrified and think that they were nuts because it didn't make any sense. Right. But at the time, now this is interesting. You'll, you'll find this interesting because you're really into what I'm about to say. The first set of changes that I made to change who I was, was the physical changes. When I started working out, yeah. When I lost a bunch of weight, when I stayed, started taking really good care of myself so that I was now different, these other things became possible for me, which is why that's why this, this app is so important to me, because I know how you can go from nothing's happening to a lot of things happening yeah. that people just simply don't appreciate who they are. My job is to help you understand that you're capable of way more than you realize. Because I know because I've been through this. Right. But I appreciate the question because it made it all started with me becoming physically fit, which is kind of ironic because at the time, there was no way that that meant that I was going to be doing this with this app. Not a chance. Yeah, no, did you have I like an aha moment in your life where you were like, oh my God, I'm so unhealthy and I need to get fit? Like what happened? You will, you, will, you will appreciate this. When I lived in Los Angeles with my wife after we first got married, we lived, um, I was driving a car. I was moving much less. So my physical activity level had dropped considerably. Um, I had no idea how to be healthy in terms of eating. And we were right across the street from a Kentucky fried chicken place. And there was a taco stand down the street. That yeah. was dinner every night. Okay. Understand. So... Uh, uh, so, and I wasn't obviously doing any exercise at all that time because there wasn't any. Nobody did that. This was Especially 1970. In LA, people don't walk around. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not now. Now they do. Yeah. Okay. So, I get a call one day from a friend from high school, and he says, "Lloyd." I said, "Yeah, hi. It's Randy. We haven't seen each other since high school. I heard you're living in Los Angeles. I thought I'd give you a call." I said, "Great. Come on over for dinner." So he comes over, and. Uh, rings the bell. I open the door and I look at him. He looks at me and he says to me, man, did you gain weight? Wow. And I must tell you, other, other than my wife, who obviously is the most important individual I've ever met and who has influenced me in all kinds of incredible ways, that one comment, that split second in time had more of an impact than anybody else ever in my life. Because from that moment on, I was a different person. Yeah. Had nothing to do with wanting yeah. to become healthy. It was I had to get this feeling of humiliation out of my head. And from that moment in time, I changed things. I suddenly I didn't even realize that I'd gained a bunch of weight. Yeah, I had no idea. So I I everything that I talk about, I know personally. Yeah. So that's that was it. But I'm glad you asked that question because it kind of kind of fits. Yeah. And so now what are you doing these days to stay physically fit? I have a, um, well, there's a gym in my building, mm -hmm. but when we shut down, I, I, due to COVID, I went out and I bought a, a, a step machine that I, that, I, that I still have, and I got into the habit of liking using it. Yeah. So every day, use it for an hour in the morning. I get up at five, walk the dog, come back, get on the step machine for an hour. I have some dumbbells. I do a, uh, a six exercise 
10 minute routine and yeah. I do that every day. Yeah, so I do an hour and 10, I do an hour and 10 minutes every day and, and I walk around, you know, you walk around the city, you yeah. live in New York, you're always walking. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't, and I don't let myself off the hook. Right. So uh, doing it's it like, there's no, there's yeah. no, no negotiation. No, I learned to like, no, I don't negotiate with myself. And that's what I try to install in other people. The whole idea, you don't want to negotiate with yourself. You want to make certain things non-negotiable. Right. Certain things are negotiable to a point, but when it comes to health, no. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, and it's true. Like you have those conversations with yourself all the time. I mean, like as an athlete, yeah, I'm working out probably six days a week, five days a week, doing something. Well, if you're you're doing you're 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 training for triathlons, that's that's a that's a level. We're way beyond the everyday. <laughs> It's really important. The most important thing is not like how much you do, but you have the important thing is the consistency, really, to just do something, to stay to stay moving. Yeah, you 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 begin to um, your body begins to tell you yeah. something isn't quite right. Yeah. But it's difficult to but but when you don't do something for a long period of time, you forget yeah. that that's what is being told. Yeah. You just think, ah, oh, no, I'm not feeling well today. I'm a little achy, you know, yeah. you know, all that kind, all that kind of nonsense kind of thing. But no, it's uh, there are so many things that exercise does that when people fully understand the magnitude yeah. of the importance, then hopefully you have their attention and they begin to trust what they're listening to. Like, come on, this is your life. It's great, and it is, and also like physically helps mentally. No, no question, right. Yeah. Once you're like, especially starting the day, if you're lucky enough to have the time to work out in the morning, people say, yeah. what's your, what's your sleep routine? My sleep routine is working out in the morning. So that by the time it's the end of the day, I'm tired. Yeah. I, I don't have fancy things. You know what I mean? There's no flowery smells in the room. Yeah. There's no special sounds. No, you just go to sleep. Right? Yeah. What is something that you've learned from, you know, you have a couple businesses that you've started in your life, mm -hmm. big lesson that you take and that you would give to someone who's also another entrepreneur to keep them motivated, to keep going. Nothing in life is a straight line. So no matter how good your idea is, the chances are it's going to be rejected at the beginning because especially, certainly if it's a, out of the realm of what's typical out there, right. but don't, don't allow it's essential to have failure built in to your success because it, once you get past that you're stronger for it so understand that that's part of the process now i mean how many times did george lucas take the star wars script around every major studio rejected it before he finally got it out there but he yeah. didn't give up so if you have a good idea stick with it it's and 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 at some point somebody will recognize what's going on and you'll feel okay. Just don't give up. That's awesome. Thank you. This is great. Lloyd, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, 
If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 